Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So, my friend, you know, mm. WhatsApps are the kind of life and soul of midlife, our yes. exchanges. Yes. Um, and you're a, obviously a late adopter of the <laughs> WhatsApp conversation. <laughs> but I particularly enjoyed our WhatsApp this week because you were on a bit of a roll on the, um, well, you were cross about everything, the midlife rage. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was um, the heat. I think it was uh, it was all sorts of things. There's been a lot of heat going on, but also bad spelling might have made it seem worse well, than it actually was. It, it was a subconscious yes, slip. Yes, could be. You, <laughs> you sent me one, which I'd love to share with everybody. Yes, please do. Please um, do. You were absolutely cross. Many cross things had happened, and then you had to go underwear shopping, which yeah. honestly oh. is not the thing to do when you are... no rage filled and you said have just had to go and replace all my grumpy bras (laughs) how do you know they're grumpy I thought (laughs) even your underwear's grumpy you didn't mean grumpy did you I didn't mean grumpy I meant frumpy Neil's been complaining about my frumpy bras because I've been wearing wearing them t-shirt comfortable t-shirt bras and um it's not it's not good enough it's not good enough apparently what does what does Neil want does he want some kind of Elizabeth Hurley not quite no no sort of peep show situation or you know S&M vibe just a bit of lace might do rather than um just plain old you know frumpy fabric t-shirt bra. I didn't ask about whether it had to be too much information boob nipples, much which like, that okay. wouldn't have crossed my mind but here's to you and your grumpy bras yeah hello hello welcome to postcards from midlife I'm Trish Halpin and I'm Lorraine Candy and we're on a mission to help you make the most of your magnificent midlife we'll be tackling everything from mind and body wellness to HRT and your sex drive Trish and I are here to help you have a stylish second act and answer all your midlife questions on fashion, beauty, careers, relationships, family, and as always, the challenges and joys of parenting teens. So we have reached the summit, the pinnacle, the end point. We are about to complete the 12 steps of series six of Postcards from Midlife. Yes, we are. Trish, I think what you're trying to say here, (laughs) in an elaborate way, that this is the last of the 12 episodes of the season Mm. in case anyone thinks we're on some kind of 12-step hobnob addiction (laughs) program which we're not we're not fair enough not I'm not addicted to hobnobs bit verbose wasn't it but there we go but it has been very jolly see I'm not grumpy anymore I'm jolly now um it's been a very jolly series we've had some fantastic guests such as Patsy Kensett such a girl crush on her and a cat crush on Bowie the cat as well yes. he was rather <laughs> lovely wasn't he and I loved zoologist Lucy Cook too those are my my couple of my favorites I'd say all they're all favorites but those were my best best favorites it's been a lovely season mm. we actually had Juliet Stevenson Fern Britain we've had all the lovely midlife people <laughs> this season and we've covered all the midlife topics from emotional healing to the impact of menopause on your brains which was right at the beginning it was mm. absolutely fascinating and we also did what well, you did a bit of forest bathing <laughs> Uh, which did make me laugh Stop laughing Stop yes. laughing um, And then we covered the uh, teen brain farts As we yes. like to call them You know those moments when they don't put the lid on things Or they do something so illogical You want to get them adopted on the internet somewhere They're so silly um, Do keep sharing those Because we love to hear about that And also please keep sharing your brain fog bloopers Because they are so, so funny And it makes us feel much less alone, doesn't it? When we hear about other women going through it It does, yes We want to hear about those on our Facebook group because we'll still be on the group, keeping an eye on everything, joining in the chat while we are taking a little break over the summer, having a holiday and getting things set up for our return with Series 7. We're going to be back on the 4th of September. If you subscribe on your podcast provider, we will automatically pop into your little phones so we can all pick up where we left off come September. And in the meantime, if you need a little bit of uh, Lorraine's name dropping or Margot the Cat's shenanigans, we have over 100 episodes to listen to. And in fact, 
If any of you have listened to all of them, we want to hear from you, please. And we'd love to hear who your favourite guest has been as well. Yes, we would. I'm off to do a bit of swimming in Cornwall very shortly. Now, you know, last time I went, I forgot to pack my HRT. (laughs) Disaster. Grumpy. That was grumpy. (laughs) I was very grumpy, Mm. yes. Um, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Um, And I know a lot of you are going abroad. And I thought I'd share some little bit of knowledge here because it's come up on the Facebook group. HRT, taking it abroad, especially if you're just taking hand luggage, because God knows the airline will lose all your other luggage um, at the moment anyway the advice on the nhs website because the gel bottles are more than 100 mil is that you always carry your medicines and medical equipment in their original correctly labeled packages a lot of people put up pictures actually of you know if you carry the box keep your gel in its box with all the details on it and you do have to have your prescription Uh, not everyone was checked for their prescription but it's probably useful to have and on the um gov uk website it says you can take your hrt in your hand luggage so that's essential medicines more than 100 mil including liquid dietary food stuff and inhalers you will need supporting relevant medical documents you could have a letter from your doctor or a copy of your prescription uh, airport staff may open the containers it says to screen the liquids but nobody on our facebook had had experienced that so don't forget your details when you head off with your HRT because you don't want to go on holiday without it do you Trish and you might want just in case you might want to uh, go to both of those website pages that we've just said so you've got them on your phone if you do get an annoying security person who who doesn't understand the ways of the HRT I mean I'd have to cancel my holiday (laughs) I forgot head back from the airport now I've brought you a little present to use our parting to say thank you for the laughs and the advice and the wisdom and to remind you of me while I'm sunning myself in Corsica and you're battening down the hatches yeah. in the rain in, in Cornwall. <laughs> I have Do it like here. open it? Shall I, I open, open it? Yes, so I think you're going to be... Authentic a Russell. Yeah. Oh my goodness me, I'm opening a pink envelope. Mm. I'm kind of spotty dotty packaging here. It's very small, it's tiny, isn't it? It's tiny. Did we call it macrame? What is this, Trish? Is this a necklace? Oh, it looks like a necklace. No. No. Look, I've got one as well. I've got one as well. Oh, my goodness. It's the thing every midlife woman needs. I know where you got this. I can, I can absolutely, I can feel where you got this. Go on. It is for your glasses. It's a really pretty little chain. Is it macrame? It is. Is It's all handmade. Little crochet, little beads. Very pretty. And you put your sunglasses up. Well, no, I wouldn't. Couldn't put my sunglasses. Not your sunglasses. Your glasses, glasses. Because you know how we're always losing them, and we have brain fog, and we don't know where they are. So you can just have them hanging. Isn't it pretty though? Little flowers. She's showing me like like I'm a small child. (laughs) How how to do it? It's very pretty. Do you like that? Thank you so much. I do like. I thought when you were doing all your reading, you might think of me. When you can't find your glasses, (laughs) you'll be thinking of me. For my menus, you mean? Yes. (laughs) So I can read menus in restaurants. Exactly. Um, Exactly. I will have to find my glasses first. Yes. Okay. As, as they always do there. I was thinking this today. might be the sort of thing Marion and Millie might wear our alter egos because it's a little bit on the slightly old lady frumpy side. Well, militant, Mary, militant would only wear this. The sexually yeah. repressed feminist would only wear this if it was made. I don't know some foreign climbs by an all women collective. Yes, I sort, think so. Yes. I think I think so. But anyway, they're very pretty, and I got it from somebody who doesn't even have a website. So I might pop the details on the Facebook group because it's too we'll complicated to go on in here and put a, we'll put a picture of our little glasses. I don't know what they do. They have a name these things. Glasses. I don't know, Trish. I, I never glasses. thought I'd get to an age where I needed to wear glasses on a chain, for Christ's sake. I mean, how well, I know the name? Yeah, well, I was listening. I was going to make you a hobnob strawberry cheesecake. I, I found like a that. recipe for that. I thought you'd like that because I know biscuits and cheese are <laughs> two of your favourite things. Because um, we have a food-themed show today. Um, but I didn't make it. I've actually been feeling a bit culinarily challenged. That's yeah. mouthful. Yeah, well, we're both culinary challenged, actually, because when you get to midlife, I don't know about you listeners, um, it can get very tedious and repetitive cooking again and again, especially when you've had four children. So, Trish, I've done some maths for you, which I've worked this out properly. I've sat down, counted it back, cross-checked, cross-refed, asked an adult. Got um, your slide rule out. Got my slide rule out. And I have worked out that I have cooked 50 trillion million bazillion squillion meals. (laughs) 
I'm not sure what calculator slide rule or equation you use to work that out, a bit of trigonometry maybe, but it does sound about right. Yeah. I think yeah. I think you're probably right with that. Well, the point being, it is easy to lose your cooking mojo when you've cooked that many meals by the time mm. you get to midlife. We're going to bring it back for everyone today, Yay. though, because our guest is the chef entrepreneur Thomasina, or Tommy Myers, as she is known. We've been over and we've been in her kitchen and we've had a lesson, haven't we, Trish? Yes, we certainly have. She cooked for us, in fact, and she's going to be sharing some ideas to reignite everybody's cooking fire, so to speak, as well as telling us about her fascinating life story. Um, She has had a fascinating life and she won MasterChef, which is very interesting. And before she joins us on the show, we're going to have a little jibber-jabber about what we discovered while we were in Tommy's kitchen, because obviously we we did have a snoop. And we're going to do a foodie swap shop, um, sharing some ideas, short cuts and recipes that we might be bored with ourselves and we might inspire each other mightn't we with our cooking swap exchange shop. when you shop. say swap shop I yes. think Noel Edmonds of course you do yeah Noel Edmonds yes I'll be Noel with a penny on you can yes. be Mr Blobby oh charming <laughs> So there we were in West London, in the beating heart of a top chef's family home, watching her in action with a big chopping knife. Just a usual Monday morning for us, really. Yes, it was. Tommy kindly invited us over um, because we need a little kitchen boost, we felt. We thought it might be useful for all of you. Mm. We're both vegetarians and she's got a new book out called Meat-Free Mexicans. So we wanted to have a little look through that. And um, it's actually very easy to follow that book. I've made a lot of mm. the cauliflower recipes myself. Mm. I've made the... Uh, sticky coconut tart which I have to say was amazing but we'll come on to talk about what she made for us because it was so delicious um but she I think we should talk about the kitchen first because it was yeah it was very lovely it did have kitchen envy but what was really nice about it was it was obviously a really proper working chef's kitchen it wasn't all spangly jangly new with all the latest gadgets she just has her things that she really likes and I do you remember when she opened the cupboard door and out popped on a shelf like magic and magic magic yeah magic magic just lifted itself out yeah on a lever cantilevered with plugged in ready to go and I I mean but the the machine itself has probably looked about 40 years old but I just was I was beside myself but it was her dad wasn't it who made the vision for her her dad's a furniture restorer and he had physically handmade the whole of her kitchen and, and put all the marble worktops in. I love the way it was so cluttered and there was so much going on. Yes. And nothing matched. I love a nothing matched kitchen. Yeah. She had something like 120 cookbooks on the wall as well, didn't she? Yeah, exactly. But you can get quite a good glimpse, can't you, on her Instagram because she's obviously always cooking up a feast on there. So we watched her making a very delicious lunch, which involved onions, chilies lots of tomatoes eggs lovely little flour tortillas she, we're going to get her to explain it aren't yeah. we I think when she comes on but um I was fascinated by the way she chopped an onion because I don't I don't leave the root on you know she left the root on and was yeah. chopping which I thought was quite interesting so I've, I've taken that tip away what did you learn do you think wow. from from Tommy's well I started from a much lower base than you Trish <laughs> on the cooking <laughs> That must be quite low. That's quite low. It's pretty bad. Um, she she put all of the seasoning in first, which I thought was interesting. Yes. So like she salted the onions and all of the stuff yes. before she started cooking them. Um, and she the, this kind of lack of need to stick to actual measurements was quite mm. reassuring for me. She put six garlic cloves in the thing. <laughs> And wow. Um, And also I discovered there is such a thing as Mexican oregano. Did you know that? No, I know. And she had that in her, I think she has a lot of things in her freezer, doesn't she? She just whips things out. So she's very organised and she had a really good, is it a chipotle? Is that how you say it? It's chipotle. Now the interesting thing about, so she's all about the chilies, Tomasina. That's her kind of, her mastermind subject, isn't it? She had every chili known to man, a whole cupboard of them. And she travels with them. She goes abroad with them when she she goes because she knows. Yeah. <laughs> and and actually she she made us test because I just thought oh chili is just chili isn't it it'll just taste you know it's a whole new thing for me chili mm-hmm. I didn't really taste any of that until I left home but it isn't it, they're so specific in their taste the chilies and um who was chippy Trish oh oh I don't know can't remember chippy was her dog after oh chipotle chipotle there we go there we go yeah exactly she she is obsessed with chili but she's going to tell us why isn't she when uh, when we meet her so i think there'll be lots of good advice from tommy coming up but i 
I'd like to hear about, I know you think you're quite basic in the kitchen, but I think you're better than you think you are. So I thought I would quite like to hear about candy cuisine. <laughs> I am so glamorous in every other area of my life. I feel like in the kitchen, I don't have to try very hard because I want to find out about the helping hot plate as well as we call it. <laughs> you and your peekaboo bra. Sizzling yes, in the sizzling. kitchen. I think that's not for public cooking. <laughs> we'll stick to food, shall we? So let's start. Should we start with let's start with where to start because planning for the week. How do you, do you plan? Are you a planner? Are you not a planner? Do you what do you do? How do you make it? Well, happen? we do a bit of planning because everyone else in the family eats meat and I don't. And I've got three teenagers, one 11 year old, and as you can imagine, all quite fussy. I have allowed that to occur. Quite annoying that I've allowed yes, that to occur. So I, I don't plan, but I've got some kind of go to books that I you know I like mm. anything that Anna Jones writes yes. um Diana Henry is really good for veggies and meat eaters um from the oven to the table is brilliant any ottolenghi I love any kind mm-hmm. of that middle eastern cooking actually as well is so good for vegetarians and you mm-hmm. can do stuff for meat eaters we've talked about mob kitchen before the youtube channel oh, I haven't looked at it yet I must have absolutely a look. brilliant yeah. the teens follow it it's really easy very quick great for veggies great for vegans as well Delia's veggie thing mm-hmm. and also Donna Hay has some really lovely yes Aussie. Um, books Aussie. as well so Aussie. I don't plan but I do Mm. have some kind of things that we do again and again I'm always worried about vegetables so I'm afraid we're still doing spaghetti bolognese because that I can put secret red peppers hide things things. other stuff as well and so I guess what's your sort of quick midweek go-to meal then what would you throw out there well I think one of my favourites is is a kind of um, noodle thing. So just lots of raw veg. And then you make a dressing from like peanut butter, lime juice, olive oil, sriracha, cook up a few noodles, and then you just mix it all together, pop on some sesame seeds. Takes about 20 minutes and it's really, really nice. Of course, my son won't eat that because no, he's, it's got vegetables in it. It's got, but it's just it's not spaghetti bolognese, it's not chicken casseroles, not chicken pie. So I'm going to make a confession here and say... <laughs> Something. If we're going to talk about something all the family can eat, there is nothing in my house all no, the family right. can eat. Yeah. I, I just do get quite jealous when people say, oh, this is our, our everybody loves this because it just doesn't happen in our house. I have to have Aunt Bessie's roast potatoes in the... Um, oh, yeah. 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 So I've got my, my lovely Riverford veg box, um, which... So I, I'm kind of... I quite like planning. I've got a mix of planning and not planning because what I do is I plan what I'm going to cook on a Saturday and a Sunday and then I make quite a lot of it to make sure there's enough for leftovers and I have to be very strict with Neil he can't graze on the leftovers in the fridge because they are for you know get a second meal out of them but then with my veg box I just like order stuff that looks really nice and I just think that you can get a recipe for anything especially beetroot anywhere any time of the day and you can always find something to make these days that's what's so brilliant about cooking I would say these days so I kind of mix up the planning and the doing it on on the hoof so to speak what about dinner parties what was what did you make for your last dinner party I tend not to have dinner parties takeaway curry because we we don't want to throw anything away now ever no. so we try and make sure all our leftovers are made into something else because that kind of saves money and mm. it keeps everything together and and you know you with it with like the if you follow the anna jones cook stuff you cook all the leaves you cook everything yeah, lovely isn't it as well so i try and kind of you know for the family i try and kind of mix the leftovers into all the other things <laughs> that we mm. eat if i had some people around and i did have some people they did come they don't come to eat at ours i mean i think <laughs> probably eat before they come um I found I'm gonna say Ottolenghi out out loud like uh, like I I know what that means um baked mint rice pomegranate oh nice with um olive salsa so you make it and you bake it and you do a big ton of it yeah and you can serve it and everybody can have some of it. It's very cost effective or you can keep a load of it and then you can mm. shove it in peppers or have it with things during the week. Um, and it is basically you just put it all in the tin and stick it in the oven with some tin on it. That sounds good. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy. The other thing we do a lot is taco night. That's our... Yes, um, you've mentioned that. Your Sunday night, um, is it? Is it Sunday night? Usually Sunday night. Oh, see, yeah, I think that's more of a Friday with a, with a margarita. Can't have a margarita on a Sunday night. Or can yeah, you? Marion wouldn't have a margarita. Margarita. Oh no, she wouldn't have a margarita on God's day, whatever it is, a Sunday. But you can do a veggie 
fajitas and tacos mm. and you can do all the chicken as well and my great thing that saves me in all my cooking is nigella's mm. green sauce have you seen that oh i haven't no yeah salsa so verde. <laughs> what are you talking about oh, now is it salsa verde i don't green know sauce. what it is it's just called green oh, sauce right, and it's salsa, green and okay. it's well, you're not going to work for anyone who doesn't like coriander and i know there are people that think coriander tastes like soap but you make a ton of green sauce it's mm. a big coriander uh, thing with a load of jalapenos in it and you can put that in anything it makes yeah. everything Ooh, taste that's, great that's, and you can have it for the whole good. week <laughs> yes i've got a secret ingredient i toast a load of pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds just in a dry sort of heavy bottom frying pan and shove them in a jar stick them in the cupboard and then I just sprinkle them on everything like avocado on toast salads omelets see that and get suspicious and oh well no I don't do it for them obviously I'm I'm thinking more for me because the working from home lunch dilemma as well you see boring the lunch that's also my I do a little bit of big salad like Melissa Helmsley has a really lovely red cabbage Waldorf salad or I'll do a sort of lovely lentil sun dry and have that in the fridge as well so just to get me through lunches but then sprinkle on those seeds and uh, and you know you're good to go Professor Tim Spector would love that wouldn't he yeah you get your 30 a day get your 30 a day I always think people should have harissa paste put yes. that in everything livens yes. it up and um chickpeas and lentils if you're a veggie and you can't ever think you can do so much with a chickpea yeah, or a lentil the tins. and you protein. can get really they're really cheap now they're su- mm. uh, supermarket own brands ones so i've been trying to get the mm. my students uh, student teenagers to um eat them as well yeah we have a shelf, the leftover shelf as well, because we've got something else which is really good and saves money and stops waste yes. in our house. Go Absolutely on. brilliant. Everyone is needs it, one. Is it the dog? No, it's a boyfriend, <laughs> teenage boyfriend. <laughs> Similar. Must be over six foot yeah. because they eat more. So anything yeah. we, I, I think I might throw away, I just put in the on the leftover shelf Ooh, and he brilliantly eats that so my husband mm. eats it as well because he thinks it's like a buffet yeah. and he loves a buffet oh right okay you know, like joey from friends good. my husband <laughs> he will eat a buffet oh. for hours and hours oh. he doesn't know when he's full he's like a dog well listen our kids are having a very different time of it than we did right back in the 70s and yes. 80s well this is why i have an issue oh. with the whole culinary situation yes. isn't it i mean i wonder sometimes whether i mean obviously it wasn't great but it was easier wasn't it because <laughs> and all these oh, different choices my mum she just opened a tin open well yours was opening tin mine was usually opening a packet of offal and uh frying that up in some <laughs> so my dear mum god rest her soul god rest the worst, soul. worst. what's your mum's name trish kathleen kathleen what did you leave trish oh food wise her, her stuffed hearts <sighs> Old eat stuffed hearts. What does she stuff it with? God knows. You can imagine me now, vegetarian. But anyway, we used to sort of because uh, we had a tiny little dining room because the kitchen was a tiny galley. And it was you don't have to show house. me with your hands. I'm doing what my a little tiny hands dining room is Trish, small. I can see it. Yeah. But uh, we'd wait. She'd make us sit there, obviously, as parents do, until we'd eaten something. And um, she'd be in the kitchen, and we'd be watching out for Dad coming up the path from work. And we'd open the window, and he'd eat it for us. <laughs> So, um, so all the parenting all wrong your mum making you stay till you'd eaten it oh, just every expert God. says don't do that and your dad undermining, undermining. your mum with- yeah. oh there we are we used to have to have liver do you, yes. do you remember I used to know because I'd come home from school and the whole house would smell of it and I'd think oh no it's Friday it's because she's run out of cash it's oh, liver day yeah. and it was the smell of liver mm-hmm. in the house Seems I can't awful. even I can't I mean this is why we're vegetarian isn't it Trish yes. I think yes now in other culinary matters I know that you've been worried about our little furry friend Margot in all this heat with her big fur coat. Your pussy, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I found something. Um, I don't quite know how I found it. That what you can do for cats in the heat, you can put them in the them, freezer. Put them in the freezer, or you can make them little pussycat ice lollies. Don't apparently. be stupid. Do you know what you use to make it? Tuna brine. Oh. <laughs> Fish juice, basically. Tuna brine oh from goodness. your tin of tuna. And then you pop that in your little oh. ice cube tray and pop it in the freezer. Can you imagine? Oh, my God, Trish. I <laughs> can't even think about that. Stop it. I'm not going to go to all that effort and disruption because we know how fussy she and finickety she is. So wouldn't wouldn't want okay. that. It's bad enough with the children. Marvellous. I think that's it from that's us. That's enough from us. That's enough from us amateurs. Time, time to hear from a professional. <laughs>
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's time to meet one of our favorite foodies, chef, TV presenter, entrepreneur, author, and Guardian columnist, Thomasina Myers, OBE. A life-changing ravioli propelled Tommy, as she is known, into the spotlight in 2005 when she won the BBC's MasterChef, beating 4,000 applicants to the title. After her win, Tommy went on to present cooking shows and set up a successful Mexican street food chain, Oaxaca. She has written her seventh book, Meat Free Mexican, and the charity she helped found, Chefs in Schools, supplied 200,000 emergency meals during the pandemic. The married mum of three daughters, aged six, nine and 11, is a former model who grew up in London and Wales. Tommy, 46, says cooking saved her from a pattern of binge eating and dieting and a series of failed careers in her 20s. She's here today to talk about that turnaround and give us some tips on how we can cook ourselves out of that family feeding rut that we sometimes find ourselves in in midlife. We spent the morning cooking with Tommy in her kitchen, had a good nose around, as we've discussed, and it's safe to say that we now view the humble chili in a completely different way though we haven't started traveling with them yet as Tommy does. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife Tommy. Hello thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you in your daughter's bedroom hiding from the builders (laughs) from the noise. (laughs) I think we're going to start um, at the beginning of your culinary journey. Now you've talked about your childhood before and you mentioned in previous interviews that money was tight and your mum was teaching you to cook. You loved cooking as a child and she taught you how to use the basic ingredients to make the absolute most out of them. So what are your memories of cooking with your mum and your childhood love of cooking? So I think in a house that felt quite tense with my father, you know, struggling to make ends meet and my mother actually battled a bit with depression as well and so generally there was a a level of tension that I think I definitely ingested as a child and so sitting on a stool as close to my mother as possible felt to me like a very safe place Um, and I remember very clearly wanting to be in that position at all times and then on top of that I was generally quite bored with toys and playing she used to teach me things and I found it really fascinating the way she could take an onion and then make the most delicious things with it whether it was a French onion tart or turn it into a really you know slow cooked wonderful sauce for mussels she was very very good at making cheap ingredients taste totally delicious and I really was fascinated by that alchemy of of turning some very simple basic ingredients into something really really tasty and food as as we all know in families can play a quite an important role in the dynamics of the family can't it and it can can be problematic and your mum and grandmother and other relatives were models and you said a high value was placed on being slim in, in your family how did that affect your relationship with food as you grew up and through those teenage years in particular to begin with what I remember is the joy of sitting around the table. Not always joyful, because as, as you'll know, in any family dynamic, some mealtimes are fractious, some, you know, screaming matches, but some are good. The great thing my parents did was that 
this kind of importance of cooking from scratch. And if there was a birthday or celebration, my father was was off on his motorbike to Selfridges Food Hall and buy, you know, lovely steak or some prawns. And we'd make something delicious with it. Restaurants we didn't go near because he thought they were like the biggest waste of money because you get average food for too, you know, too much. But then we would celebrate with food. And even at weekends, a BLT on Saturday lunch would be really lovely streaky bacon put, cooked beautifully, iceberg lettuce lashing the mayonnaise, tomatoes skinned and then marinated with soft brown sugar, salt, pepper. I mean, really lovely details. So those things I remember as really positive. Mm-hmm. But then as, as you kind of reference, as I got older and I hit the kind of awkward teenage years, I mean, yeah, my mother was a model. My grandmother was a famous Hartnell model. My cousin modeled for the queen. My, you know, my aunt, it, it was kind of inescapable. That side of my family were definitely fattest. And I think probably my mother struggled with, you know, she was probably borderline anorexic when she was growing up. And it, it, I think those patterns do repeat through generations. So when I hit kind of puberty, then I definitely started struggling. And I think now that I've hit middle age, I don't really give a bugger what Mm -hmm. models look like. But I do I do actually remember feeling obsessed by how thin I was when I was at university. I remember reading an article talking about mental health and I remember ticking every single box that basically said yeah you're not okay and I remember mm-hmm. that being a pivot to me going to seek help and I got a lot of help I, I I look at my career now and at Oaxaca that I've built that has created you know we've employed thousands of people but it just seems upfront investment in things like mental health care yeah. is so important you went through that time so you you did some modeling and then you tried lots of um different careers and as you say you got help for your disordered eating patterns at the time but actually in a way your modeling was a bit of a turning point for you wasn't it because on one of your jobs you were in a bikini clarissa dixon wright one of the greatest chefs of all time, uh, was modelling as well in a trench coat. I think you were working for Barbara or someone like that. What did she uh, What did she say to you that changed your life at that point? Oh, well, it was just such a relief. It was such a relief because I had spent most of my 20s flailing around trying to work out what I might do for myself. And I remember I was working in Soho at the high dot-com boom. I was an internet strategist. It was so boring. Everything I did, I found so boring. So I thought I was completely flawed. And then I met Clarissa at this fashion show. I just wish I'd held on to the barber bikini. That would have been so fun to have. <laughs> but anyway, she was this amazing woman who had been the youngest barrister um, to the bar and yet yeah, had given up her law career to do what she loved which was cooking and she she just when I kind of asked her kind of please help what are we doing she was so clear she was like if you love cooking so much that's what you should be doing I mean it, was, it, so, it sounded so obvious but no one had ever said that to me you know so many schools are academic and in fact the whole of society and our education system seems to be increasingly funneled down the academic route and the creative arts being slashed out of primary schools and secondary schools and you think in the UK we excel at creativity we make mm-hmm. billions for the economy every year because of the creative way we think our spirits are in our renegade way of looking at life so she sent me off to a cooking school I went to Ballymloo in Ireland mm-hmm. which not only teaches you to cook but Doreen Allen who still runs it who is visionary was talking about soil health 25 years ago and the importance of produce and how we grow it and farmland and global warming and she kind of really put me onto this way of thinking about soil and where food comes from and respecting the ingredient really early on and I think that's really governed but it is interesting then going back to my childhood where you know my mother I guess because of her background having a respect of ingredients you know we did eat really seasonally it was cheaper to eat seasonally we ate aubergines in the summer and artichokes, artichokes um, and it was very veg- vegetable led so it was interesting that even though she didn't have much money that was my background and that was very much then when I went to Ballymaloo and then when my flatmate went to the river cafe you know I had a lot of exposure to their cooking I went to work with Sky Gingel it's all that focus is on seasonality and produce tasting delicious in its prime but it's also interesting going back to the eating disorder how because I cooked all through my teens I made money at school cooking dinner parties for people but then I think as my relationship with food became increasingly strained 
I almost stopped cooking because I was so afraid of food because it came so obsessive in my head and, and took over everything. Every waking hour I felt was kind of ruled by my fear of food and eating the wrong things. It, it was a really big deal. And, and then, but when I started cooking again and working with chefs and, and sharing flats with chefs, it is so interesting, I feel, that actually the closer you get to cooking and the closer you get to the preparation of food and that lovely sense of um, mindfulness as you chop an onion and sweat it slowly or, you know, pod some peas or really get in touch with the physicality of cooking and of preparing ingredients from scratch. You're feeding your soul. I mean, over the years, it's solved all my bad associations of food. It's about pleasure for me now. It's always about pleasure and taking moments to prepare food. Now, of course, no one's perfect. And I will gobble up a donut. Yeah. I will reach for the junk food when I'm overtired. <laughs> you know, we all do that, right? Yeah. We've all got to give ourselves a break. Our mm-hmm. lives are so pressurised. We have so little time. Now, Mexico, we have to talk about Mexico and your, your love affair with, with Mexico, how that began. What did you learn in Mexico? What, why is it so important to you, the way that Mexican food is cooked? And we believe you ran a cocktail bar, which, Lorraine, I think that's probably one of that's your my dream jobs, isn't it? I want to put that on my next life cv run to mexican cocktail bar yeah the cocktail bar is amazing so i traveled to mexico after my disastrous um dallying with vat consultancy which was my scholarship after school Um, did you ever think that that would suit you i mean i literally that was like that that's that's a literally lesson to all teenagers who like listen to their parents and think hang on a sec i'm feeling really a feeling of utter dread now maybe i should reconsider this but no i just did what i was told and that was disastrous but they gave me some money and I ended up in Mexico and what I found joyous about Mexico was a a love of cooking that was kind of seeped through every pore of that culture respect for ingredients you know nose to tail eating every bit of an animal's cooked uh, incredible produce so it goes back to the produce again you know discovering a country which I knew nothing about I thought the food was Tex-Mex and discovering this was a country that was mega biodiverse because it had so many um, varieties of tomatoes and chilies and tomatillos and avocados and squash and courgettes and peanuts and wild herbs and wild greens and tropical fruit is steeped in delicious ingredients cacao vanilla mangoes avocados and, and so it, it was kind of joyous to discover food where really the food I, I couldn't believe how good it all tasted and how much fun everyone around me seemed to have in eating. And obviously tequila. So I love tequila. <laughs> dancing tequila. So that first trip, I was 18. I did a lot of dancing on the beach, drinking tequila. So that was great. And then I got back to the UK and I, I just couldn't find the food that I'd been eating there. And I kept looking around for it. And I just kind of kept thinking, how can there be none of the food I ate there? There's, there's Tex-Mex. But essentially, that's from Texas. That's like a small cuisine from Texas, but none of the food I was eating. And I kept thinking someone's going to do it. Someone's going to bring it over. And then no one did. And no one did. Then I went to Ballymaloo. Then I worked in London for a bit. And, and, then I, and then I suddenly got itchy feet again. I was making a book called Soup Kitchen with a friend I'd met. But essentially, I thought I needed to move on to something else. I, I was running this food shop uh, called Philandry. And I went and saw some friends, the Hart brothers, because they knew a lot about Barcelona food and Catalan food, tried to get a job. And they were like, do you know what? We just don't know anyone who's got an opening right now. But a really good friend of ours is about to open a cocktail bar in Mexico City. And he, he's looking for someone to head the bar up. And that was it. That was that was the moment. And that was the excuse to go back. And that was really fun. We opened this large cocktail bar and restaurant with a girl called Gabby Camera, who's really hugely well known in both Mexico and um, and America. She's got a very famous restaurant called Contramar uh, in Mexico City, which is fabulous. There was a group of us. It was really fun. We had all these cool kids from all over Mexico City coming in, shaking cocktails. And what was not to what like? Not to like. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't end up that long in the cocktail bar because I really wanted to start traveling. And, you know, I started traveling to Veracruz and to Puebla and to Oaxaca and to the Yucatan because I wanted to know why the food in all these different regions was different and why you use a guajillo chili here and not there and why, what was an ancho like and why chipotle. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to get under the skin of the food. And that 
that trip was really pivotal and just really getting under more under the skin of the food. But we got to know you when you won MasterChef 2005. So you must have, up until that point, you must have had quite a lot of failure in your life and, and you must it must be lacking in kind of assuming, I don't know, but like, you know, it knocked your confidence. How did you feel when that ravioli won you? that prize because that was really the beginning wasn't it of everything for you in a way I mean I still like literally when when you're talking as you're talking I feel like you know my body's kind of got, got tingling um <laughs> the goosebumps up and down my spine it really was it really was the first time in a long time that I hadn't been the fucker I mean it you know I really felt through my 20s that I every single turning I made was generally me screwing up and to the point where I basically at one point just thought I was thwarted. You know, I was just basically no good. It's just one of those people just no good. Um, so when Greg and John um, gave me that prize, it, it was kind of monumental, monumentous for me. And and also, I mean, Greg looks back on it, you know, sometimes bump into him or even Karen, who produced that series. You know, they said to me, you you were mad. You were completely obsessed with food. And I think that's what happens when you spend so long trying to find. And actually, I look back now and I feel so lucky because, you know, the midlife crisis that people have when they realize they're not loving what they're doing. I did all that so early on. I went through all that pain up front because I think. Now, probably, if I look at my seriously, I probably have a touch of ADHD or something like that. Because mm-hmm. I am, when I'm into something, I'm obsessive about it. But if I'm not into it, I couldn't give a monkey's. And so all that time in my 20s of trying all these successive careers and realising they weren't any good for me. But then when I finally found that it was food, I was like a kind of, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, just like run, 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 run. And you couldn't stop me. And um, and MasterChef was just, it was extraordinary, actually, that feeling that someone was going, do you know what? This is what you're meant to be doing. It, it felt pretty amazing. Now, we came to see you in your kitchen because uh, we needed to get our cooking mojo back. And we yeah. were so delighted to hear that you'd made your meat-free Mexican book. And you cooked us the chipotle baked eggs, which were just delicious. Why did you choose that recipe for us in order to help us get our inspiration back for cooking? Tell us about that recipe. I think it was breakfast time. So I felt like a lovely brunch dish would be good. Mm -hmm. I think in terms of health, you know, you can't really beat an egg for kind of that brunch time. I've got really interested more recently in health. I mean, for me, food has got to be delicious above all. And I, when I say health, I eat a lot of butter, a lot of cream, milk, olive oil, But, you know, when I'm talking about health, I'm talking about food that nourishes you. So fiber rich, high in vegetables, rainbow eating. I'm just fascinated at how food can make you feel so good physically and mentally. I discovered to my detriment that just living on junk food made me feel so bad. Eggs, I think, are great. What I love about that recipe is it's very simple, but you can get so much flavor, again, through Mm -hmm. through simple cooking. So slow cooking the onions and the garlic, um, getting those tomatoes in there. Did we char the tomatoes? I think we might have charred we them. We did char just, them. You yeah, charred. it was a whole yes. new experience for me, charring so, something. So, you know, the way you char onions and garlic and tomatoes, which is a very classic Mexican technique, but which adds a lovely smokiness to food, but actually it's very simple. Um, we use some spices in that sauce. When I think about everyday family cooking, I think what we don't do enough is really rely on spices and herbs to bring flavour to the forefront of all our food, because mm-hmm. I'm a real advocate of not using fancy expensive ingredients Mm -hmm. using simple ingredients you can get um you know either at your local market or in the local shops but then using spices and herbs to really ramp up the flavors and make them exciting and delicious um Mm. and i think that recipe is quite good for that because you put lovely spicing through it all spice and cinnamon i think we used and then masses of coriander on the top and then the building of flavors which is such a classic mexican thing too so i think we layered a bit of avocado a bit of crema i can't remember what else we put on then but fresh coriander yeah Yeah, it was brilliant lime don't forget the lime lime. yeah acidity the key yes guy taught me that very well you put vinegar in in it as well when we were standing at your hob you were putting vinegar in and letting us taste it as well which was really lovely 
Yeah, and actually acidity is so important in cooking for brightening flavours. Today I was in Oaxaca with my prep chefs cooking a batch of Oaxaca mole and we tasted it. And I remember talking to the lovely prep chef with me and just talking to her about adding more fresh lime to really let those flavours sparkle. And, I, you know, Sky always used to teach that when I cook with her at Pisham Nurseries, the importance of acidity to let flavours really sing and shine. And it's really interesting going back to Mexican food. A lot of the housewives who really do cook make all, loads of um, homemade vinegars um, mm. from apples and guavas and pineapples. Again, so good for the guts. Really, mm. all these things amazing for kind of feeding our gut bacteria. So it's amazing for me how delicious food can actually, actually turn out to be quite healthy. And what do you think would be some good go-to family ingredients for family meals, kind of simple things that might enliven us a bit more as we get was, to this stage of life and we've cooked 87,000 billion trillion dinners? Yeah, so I, what I'm kind of experimenting at the moment with is the idea of taking an ingredient to my kids and saying, okay, here's a cauliflower. You told me how much you hate cauliflower cheese, but let's look at different ways we can cook this cauliflower. Um, because when I do the quick roast cauliflower tacos for Meat Free Mexico, oh, I've done them, they're um, brilliant. They are so delicious. And the way you roast the cauliflower brings out the sweetness. But um, there's a, also a recipe from a home cook, which is my last recipe book, uh, where you just dice cauliflower either by hand, which I find therapeutic, or or if you've got no time in a, in, a, in a food processor, which takes seconds. And then you mix it with grated carrot, um, this lovely garlicky cumin-rich dressing, fried raisins, because when you fry them, they go caramelised and they puff up and they take on a special flavour. Uh, toasted buckwheat. It's quite fun to drill down into, a, into an ingredient and show kids lots of different ways you can cook it. Courgettes. So my kids say they hate courgettes because they're slimy. But we're growing some courgettes in the garden right now. I love the idea of speed peeling a courgette and using that lovely form when you speed peel a courgette, the outside of it, in a salad to look really bright and colourful, especially if you can get a yellow courgette and show a teenager how beautiful you can make a salad and then add, you know, tossing them some toasted sunflower seeds or pumpkin seeds and mm -hmm. other leaves. But the, that form of it or slicing a courgette about one or two centimetres thick and char grilling it. You know, a really good char grill is essential in a kitchen because you can put it on a hob. In two seconds, it's hot and you can char grill so many vegetables and bring out the flavour. So char grilling a courgette and then covering it a kind of garlicky, tahini, lemon rich and getting them to taste and experiment with grinding a few spices in a in a pestle and mortar so there's a few things in the kitchen i really can't do that a really large pestle and mortar for doing a very quick marinade either for meat or vegetables so you, then you can just chuck in some garlic chuck in some herbs chuck in some spices toast them first in a frying pan get your kids to smell what it's like to toast some cumin seeds or some coriander seeds or some cinnamon and how it brings those flavors alive and then get physical you know get them pumping up those those spices in the pestle and mortar chuck chucking in the herbs, chucking in the olive oil. You know, and what's so fun about cooking is it's physical. Mm -hmm. And I think the very act of being physical is so important these days. I, I think of technology and our addiction to our phones as really emasculating. And when I say emasculating, a guy picked me up on that yesterday when I said it. And I, I mean emasculating in the sense of it's emasculating for the human race that we have been separated from physically toiling like we you know the the joy of cooking is you're using your hands and you're getting dirty and you're you're just you're using your muscles and it's very physical and I think that's a very edifying happy making thing of, of getting in touch with food and, and how mm -hmm. you feed yourself so can we fire a few quick fire questions your way uh, yeah because you're always doing like making fabulous cocktails and things on instagram aren't you we love watching you do that what is your favorite cocktail i mean classic margarita is obviously mm -hmm. amazing and tequila and dancing i mean i will never have tequila without wanting to get up and dance it's just such a happy making drink and my theory is that because the agave sit in these amazing fields in mexico soaking up the sunshine and so there's just i think tequila is probably just steeped with amazing vitamin d and that's what makes you so happy mm -hmm. i want to dance um but also my granny was from tennessee my very cool granny who once was in a cocktail bar and humphrey bogart bought her a drink because she was oh. looking so cool a cocktail 
and um, she grew up feeding me whiskey sours. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I like whiskey sours. <laughs> That's so yeah. glamorous. What so about glamorous. chocolate? What's your favourite chocolate? When I'm tired, I reach for really crappy milk chocolate. If I'm making a pudding or something, I think Pump Street make the most incredible right. chocolate. I do love their chocolate and dark chocolate I mean dark chocolate's so good for you last night I had to work quite late and I just made myself a really rich dark you know milk hot chocolate with lots of raw cacao and then chocolate in it and it just and I can know that I can then pull out two and a half hours of work in the bag and an Ayurvedic doctor told me it's because there are compounds in chocolate that not only give you creativity but give you focus and that's why in oh, Ayurvedic what? Um, practices when you get up at kind of 4 30 in the morning to meditate you often make hot chocolate it's normally laden with spices as well mm. and then you drink your hot chocolate and then you meditate because it gives you creativity creativity and focus so there you Super. go Fabulous. What about breakfast? Because we're always obsessed with what other women eat for breakfast. What do you have for your breakfast? How do you start the day? So what's interesting about breakfast, my mother won't touch breakfast. And I think that comes from her bad relationship with food. So then when I healed myself, my bad relationship with food, I kind of made myself eat breakfast because it was supposed to be the most important meal of the day and everyone told me that but the more I now read about this intermittent fasting Mm. just have a bit of time where your stomach is empty and it gives your gut bacteria time to recharge then that's really healthy so I'm I'm not that good at skipping dinner but actually most of the time when I first wake up I definitely want my cup of tea Mm -hmm. I then want a coffee quite quickly after that but I'm not actually ever ravenous first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I used to make myself eat and then feel quite full and bogged down. So now I normally wait for, for breakfast until I feel hungry. And if I'm working from home, that might be 10.30 or 11. Mm. And then it's normally sourdough. So I make sourdough at home. I'm obsessed with good bread. Good bread should be should be good for you. It should nourish you. Anything in plastic in a supermarket, it's not actually real bread. It's got to be slow rise if it breaks down the proteins. So invest in good bread and it's food and it's really good for you and it should be full of nutrition. So really good slice or two of sourdough rubbed with garlic, olive oil, maybe some tahini, maybe some kimchi, fried egg, chili oil. I mean, lots of fat, normally a fried egg, maybe some leaves from my garden. Or maybe some tomatoes making or... me starving brunchy, what, brunchy, what yes. about chilies tommy tell us your favorite chili because when when we came to your house you had so many you'd collect and they, and they do all taste so different which one would you kind of take on a date what's your favorite chili well that's a very rare one called a pasilla de oaxaca which is quite expensive and hard to get hold of but it is unbelievably smoky and delicious and and that's one I use a lot in my kind of supper clubs and stuff I mean I love an ancho because it's sweet and rounded and it tastes a bit like um the Spanish Nora chili or guindilla or even the um kind of Turkish chili flakes a lot of those kind of Turkish chilies that people are cooking with it it's quite it's, it's kind of rich and rounded but what's lovely about a guajillo is it's very mild so cooking for kids ah, it's a very mild one. So I made an orochetti dish on Instagram the other day through two or three bad fennel bowls kind of cooked down to they're soft and sweet in olive oil and garlic. And and then I did a kind of pumped, I ground and toasted some, toast and ground some hazelnuts with guajillo. And I mean, cascabel is another chili. It's almost interchangeable. The flavor of that is sweet and, and fruity, but it's got this lovely kind of lilt of flavor. And, you know, that I remember giving my kids that orichetti dish when I cooked it. And, you know, slow cooked fennel, a bit of aniseed, not really what they'd naturally go for. They completely devoured the whole thing. Mm. And, and it's chili. And it just shows you, you can just build chili into a relationship with the children have with chili and and introduce them slowly so i think that's a very good beginner one mm. i think you should go on mastermind with chilies as your specialist <laughs> subject think anybody's ever done that they probably haven't you in the big black chair um but listen you did recommend a chili company where you can kind of go online and buy lots of these dried chilies so max grocer is amazing cool mm-hmm. chili is amazing mm-hmm. um those are two key ones that i use all the time, all the time. um yeah yeah, those are both brilliant. And then they last for ages. So you do a big order and then you've got them at your disposal. So here you are. You're at the beginning, aren't you, of your midlife journey? You're 46 now, I think, yeah. Tommy, aren't you? Um, how are you feeling about 
midlife and what will happen because you know when you get to midlife you start to lead lots of different lives you know when you get to to mine and Trish's age Trish's a bit older than me um you have this new life you know we have a new life as podcasters we were magazine editors so how are you feeling about being in the beginning of the midlife years and how will you feel and what will you do do you think in your new life I actually feel so excited by midlife my heroes and heroines are often in their 70s and 80s I look at Darina Allen who runs Bally Blue she might be 80 now I look at Diana Kennedy, who's in her 90s, who still travels around Mexico uh, researching Mexican food. I look at Prue Leith, who talks openly about her discovery of estrogen and, and how hormones just the rescue, the rescuing of women in their middle age. Mm-hmm. I mean, I discovered HRT. And I just feel a different woman. I just have so much energy. It's almost too much energy. It's like every day I feel like taking another eight projects. And I just think, gosh, I might, you know, I might have another 40 years. The great thing about being mid 40s is you've left behind so many of your insecurities of your 20s and 30s and hopefully got a bit more sense of humor I mean life's tough we all know life's tough but hopefully we've got better mechanisms for dealing with the the bad days I just think that's there's so much good stuff so I just feel really lucky that I'm doing what I love I've got another hopefully good 40 years where I can hair around being me I know I'm not invincible but I do sometimes feel it and I, I just love and then just eat good food, share it with people I love and do the stuff I'm doing. I feel very excited. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you for hosting us. Thank you for teaching us the importance of, you know, local, good local ingredients and testing our chilli kind of levels, which is probably higher than mine. But it's been lovely talking to you and thank you for sharing your personal journey as well. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Nostalgia Noodle, here we are, the last of the series, in fact, and I've, I've gone a bit off-piste today, so um, I hope it doesn't make you grumpy, because we've Nothing makes me grumpy, Trish, episode. I'm a little ray of sunshine. <laughs> so, in shocking news, yeah. I heard that Harrison Ford turned 80 this Shut week. Shut the front door. Exactly, exactly. So I felt we sh- we owed it to him. I had a quick look back through some of the films and I couldn't believe everything he's been in. It's just amazing. He is just a big octogenarian nostalgia noodle. So right. I'm going to ask you some questions because it really was 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties. Yes, all of our Gen X definition of, yeah. So you've been Googling topless pictures of Harrison Ford again. Is this just an excuse to do that? Well, can I say that? Am I going to get cancelled? Only from the Han Solo years, I would say. So first question, how much did you fancy Han Solo? Quite a lot, but but also Princess Leia. So it was a very confusing time (laughs) for me. Name five Harrison Ford movies, and you can't do all the Star Wars and the Indiana Joneses. I've given you right. two there to start. Was he in Pelican Brief? I don't oh, know about that. See, I've, I've already checked. gone off piste. What about the it's the lawyer ones? I can't remember. Trish, you know I can't remember anything <laughs> at all. I have absolutely no memory of anything. All right. at all. Okay, we'll take we'll take a different one. Give me give me one of give okay. me five. Shall I give you working girl? No. Yes, oh, I've forgotten him in that. Yes, who who starred opposite him in Working Girl? Melanie Griffiths and Sigourney um, Weaver. Yes, exactly. Any idea of the year? Ninety-four. Eighty-eight. Oh, no. I was going to say too uh, too late. Too yeah, early. yeah, too late. Exactly. Yeah. Eighty-eight. So um, that was a good one. Yeah. Okay. Let's go for another one. Witness. I love Witness. Oh, Witness. Do you remember yes. the yes. Amish community one? Yes, with um Kelly. That was my question. Yeah, Kelly, can't remember her name. Kelly Me- should have been in Top Gun Maverick McGillis. McGillis. Yes. <laughs> should exactly. We can't talk about why they didn't cast her in Top no, Gun Maverick. I'm absolutely no, serious. Exactly. Right. Moving Here's on. another one. Um, what Lies Beneath? This is a little bit more oh, yes. today. This but is still when, a few decades um, ago. Someone died on a boat, isn't it? It's a ho- it was a horror one, wasn't it? Was it? Can you remember who was in it? That might help. No, you. no. Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, all the leading ladies. He's basically, and is he not married to um, Ali McBeal? That was one of my questions. Yes, in the real world, known as... Can't remember. (laughs) Callister Flockhart. Do you know what? I think I might have to up my uh, estrogel, don't you? Or testosterone. Yeah, yeah, you're noodling. Right, another question. What did he do before he became an actor? Uh, Carpenter. Yes, well 
well done. I know that about him. You got yeah. it. You I know. Got it. Yeah. Well, listen, See? I think we should finish on a correct answer. I can't give you any more because I don't oh, know right. where on. this is going. But happy birthday, Harrison. Yes. And all the leading ladies. We love May you. May the force be with you. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Postcards from Midlife. The end of our series. I shall be sad to go, but happy to be planning Series 7. Um, you can't get rid of us that easily. We will be back on Sunday, September the 4th. Be ready. Brace yourselves. Some really big names. Um, make sure you subscribe on your podcast provider because then they will be downloaded on your phone and you will be able to listen to them immediately and never miss an episode of my gigantic name dropping because we're on a mission to get as many women as possible to join in the midlife conversation no woman left behind is our motto isn't it no menopause a woman left behind and that's what our private facebook group is all about so if you're not a member yet do come on over and join in the chat yes i'm going to put up some pictures of my new glasses string somebody tell me Mm. what the name is for that you can post any feedback on the private facebook group on topics we discuss as well as suggesting things you'd like to hear talked about or uh, maybe some guests you want on our podcast and oh this is so exciting as well isn't it Mm -hmm. postcards from midlife live i can't believe i'm saying this out loud (laughs) two-day event happening next may in london um we would love you to sign up to come along we're going to be announcing lots of exciting things to do with that in series seven so watch out for that news you can email us as well please do email us actually just tell us some things on the email hello at postcardsfrommidlife.com or you can message me on instagram because i look after the instagram don't i trish you do and i do the facebook yes we share we share (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.